I'd like, uh, I'd like you, if you can, to turn in your Bible. I know it's hard to see if you have a, you have a print form. Um, it's going to be harder to see tonight in the prayer meeting at about 7.30. <laughs> but we've got some lights around the back that helps a little bit. Um, but if you have it on your phone, you can see a little easier to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. And uh, we're going to start. We're going to start in verse 9 together. I just feel like God's going to heal some people of some things today. And so Proverbs 17, 9, it says this. He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates friends. Let me read that first part again. He who covers... A transgression seeks love. Father, I thank you for your covering. And I pray that we would be people that cover. I pray that your anointing will be on your word today. Let it find a resting place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And just a word about our dimmer pack. We do have a professional coming this week to look at it. Praise God. Amen. Finally. That was Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 9. To cover means to hide or to treat in a special way. I know that you all like it when my wife and I banter back and forth publicly. I kind of enjoy it. (laughs) It's our strange form of affection. But the real things you don't see because we cover each other. We cover each other. This doesn't mean that we're being fakey before you, but there's just certain things in a relationship that are not public. You cover each other. When I was first preaching, when I was 22 years old, pastoring a church, my wife and I, at that point, we had the luxury of riding to church together. (laughs) And... um, We got in an argument, and here we are bickering on the way. I mean, it it was a rare, real argument. I I was thinking about, you know, we kind of clash on opinions sometimes, but I was thinking today about the last time we've had a real argument that had teeth in it, and I can't even remember. Um, There's been a handful of them in our marriage. But this was one of them on the way to church. And so then I stood up to preach. And you know what fit perfectly in one of my points? Our argument. And so there she sat on the second row of of the church I was preaching in, and I shared the details of our argument in my message. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you my sins. Confess your sins to one another. The, I, I learned a lesson that day. I'm still alive. 
the, the exposing of something that should have remained covered was worse than the argument itself. Because love covers, right? In 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. You can write them down. You don't have to turn to all of them. But in 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible talks about us as a body, and it says, in those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on them we bestow greater honor. People that you think don't deserve honor in the body, we operate differently. Why? Why? Because love covers, right? Love does not seek to expose. And God is like this. God is extremely patient with us. As as I was worshiping this morning, the Lord convicted me about something that has to do with the relationship of mine. And, And so I'm carrying something right now that I have to take care of in a conversation. And I'm going to do that. But God did not tell all of you those, that thing about me because he covers. Love covers. So I asked the Lord to forgive me, and I said, Lord, you're going to have to give me a little bit of time here. I've got a service to get through. And I'm going to take care of that. And that's scriptural. James chapter 5 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. And I'm not immune to that. I'm not perfect. I've got to do those same things. But God does not expose. Now, there is a time when he does expose. And that's going to be on judgment day before men. And and so that's another sermon. When we dig our heels in and we say, no, God, I'm not going to repent. then, Then what does he do? He exposes. And that's what Jesus did to the Pharisees. He he called them publicly whitewashed tombs. And so there is a time when God does expose openly uh, judgment kinds of things. But those that are in relationship with him, that love him, he does not do that. He covers. And he calls you to confess your sins maybe to another person that you need to do that and pray for each other that you might be healed. And so the conversations that my wife and I have that have to do with things like, I'm sorry, I need to take care of that, that we, we do not expose those things publicly because that's what love does. Many times in a church, when a person is wronged, if they are insecure, they will expose that wrong to everybody around them. They will expose it. We we try to get people on our side, right? This is, I just described 75% of Facebook. People telling about how they were wronged to get people to console them on their side. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? And so they will expose the failure to make themselves feel better about their position. But this is not what love does. Love covers. This is important because we are not perfect. I, I will wrong people. I will fail people. I need somebody to cover me. We need somebody to cover each other. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about excusing sin or overlooking things. I'm talking about being a real friend and a real person that comes alongside and says, hey, I'm going to cover you in that. It was a great blessing. Jesus wanted to do this to Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you together as a hen gathers chicks under her wing. But you were not willing. Jesus wanted to cover. Jesus did not expose Peter. You remember Peter who, who denied Jesus three times. Three times he denied Jesus at the cross, and then he ran off in great shame when the rooster crowed. And Jesus, one, one of the Gospels says Jesus looked at him and caught his eye, and he ran off in great shame. And Jesus did not go and talk about this to everybody else, although Peter may, might have, I don't know. But there came a moment in John chapter 21 where when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love him. And there's a whole teaching in this that I'm not going to get to this morning. But, he, but Jesus looked at him and said, feed my lambs. And a second time, and a third time. And what was Jesus doing? Jesus was restoring Peter. He was restoring Peter because this is what Jesus does. That's why that song is so powerful. This is what he does. He saves us. We need him. I read, a, I read something my brother-in-law uh, posted on Facebook uh, yesterday that I love so much. It says, it says, uh, uh, we don't, uh, holiness does not get us to Jesus. Jesus gets us to holiness. We come to Jesus in our ashes and he trades them for something beautiful. We come to Jesus in our brokenness and he, he puts righteousness on us. He makes a trade. It's him. Jesus, like he did to Peter, covers you. Oh, thank you, Father. You and I. He, he you know, because we have shame and we have failure, and he covers us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus did not expose everything that I've done to everybody else. He restored me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. He modeled 1 Corinthians 13 that says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. This is that covering kind of love. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Great blessing in covering that when we don't cover, we forfeit. I want to share a few things here about um, the blessing of covering, of engaging in covering. And the first one is in Job chapter 42. There is great blessing in covering. Remember Job suffered? Does anybody remember that? I do not like that book. I like the end of it. <laughs> and we're looking at the end of it, so that's good. Job suffered, and, and in addition to his own suffering, what, what became added to his suffering was three friends that were, that were trying to heap on him the guilt and condemnation of why he was suffering. And so all through the book of Job, these three friends... And it's interesting, the Bible never says that they were enemies. They were friends. But the friends were heaping more guilt on him than anybody. And I know that nobody has ever experienced that in church life ever before. Where the people that are born again and are, and are sons and daughters of the king just like you sometimes are harder on you than people in the world. And some of it... Some of it can be okay, iron sharpens iron, but some of it can be wrong, and, and it, can, it can really heap shame on us. And that is not what God wants to do. And Job did have a lesson to learn before the Lord. And when God spoke, and, and uh, when the young man spoke, and then when God spoke, Job learned that lesson, and he repented before God. Even then, it took him seven days to get there. But when God spoke, Job humbled his heart and he learned what God wanted him to learn in that moment. And he was transformed and God brought him out of his suffering in, in, and, it was, and it was powerful. And at the end of that suffering in verse 7, we read this in Job chapter 42. And it says this, And so it was, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. Whoa. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Can you imagine that kind of rebuke? Be careful how you talk about people that are in suffering. Be careful. And verse 8 says, Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls, seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has." So just as, just as God honored Job before the devil in, chap, in the first part of the book, in, in chapters 1 and 2, he's now honoring Job in front of these three friends. 
in a, even a stronger way than he was. So verse 9, it says, Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. Now, verse 10 is incredibly important when it comes to our conversation about covering. Because Job in that moment had a choice to make. These three friends of mine that are now coming and apologizing to me, how am I going to treat them? Am I going to keep them at bay? Am I going to to make them suffer a little bit more because they were in the wrong? And that's what we like to do. We like to punish people for as long as possible that are in the wrong. We are in the right. We want to make them pay. And so I'm not ready to look at you yet. And and so we want to make them suffer. But if we do that, we will pay a price. And I want you to see the price that, that we will pay in verse 10. And it says this, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Wow. Everything that Job lost, it was all restored to him when he prayed for his friends. When he made the decision to cover God restored. If you want God to restore what has been stolen from you, start covering people even when they don't deserve it. Wow. Don't forfeit God's blessing. Secondly, secondly, don't forfeit God's gifts. Don't forfeit God's gifts. Part of this comes from a message that I heard John Harkey preach in Numbers chapter 12. And uh, I'll let him preach that whole message. But uh, I want to take a part of it and share this. Miriam and Aaron, Moses' brother and sister, were prophet and priest. Miriam was a prophet in Israel, prophetess. And Moses wanted all God's people to prophesy. We read that in Numbers chapter 12. We're now in Numbers Numbers chapter 11. We're now in Numbers chapter 12. And Moses, or Miriam and, and, and Aaron at the beginning of the chapter get jealous and say, is Moses, he he's acting like a hot shot. He's the only one that God speaks through. He thinks he's better than us. Doesn't God speak through us too? Well, God heard heard their complaint. And he had them all three line up, and he exalted Moses over them, and Miriam became leprous, white as snow. But And Moses looked, and God exalted Moses. And in verse 13, it says this. Numbers 12, verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please 
Heal her, O God, I pray. Heal her, O God, I pray. What is Moses doing? Moses is covering his sister that has just, had just slandered him. Moses is covering her. And Aaron, you know what Moses is recognizing? I know she's messed up, God. I know that. But we need her in the camp. We need her gift in the camp. We need people that can prophesy in the camp and she's wandered a little bit and she's gotten the wrong attitude. I know that. But please, God, will you heal her and restore her? Don't take her home. And we have people with with gifting that mess up. We have people that gift with gifting, with real gifting that wrong you. Moses was wronged. But he stretched out over his sister before the Lord and he said, Oh God, have mercy on her and heal her and bring her back into the fold. And later on she was restored to her place of ministry as Aaron was restored to his place of ministry in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Friends, when we look around at people that fail in the church, and I don't care if it's part of faith church or if it's part of the church at large, what we don't need to be doing when the church fails is making documentaries about that failure. What we don't need to be doing about that failure is taking all our junk in the church and posting it on Facebook so that the people in the world can say, see, we told you so. This is, not, uh, this is not what love does. Love covers. Love covers. Those people that failed, those people that did the wrong thing, we still need them in the body. We still need them in the church. You can deal with reality without being one that exposes feel the Lord because some of you have failed and you have felt the church even in your repentance perhaps hold you at arm's length God wants to bring healing today Failure is part of my story. Paul, in Acts chapter 15, looked at Barnabas and said, I don't want to bring Mark with us on our second journey, Barnabas. He abandoned us. He was weak. Barnabas rose up and said, I know, Paul, but I want to bring him anyway. I see value in him. And their dispute rose so strong that that, uh, verse 39, it says, the contention became so sharp 
that they parted from one another, and Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now, we know, we know that God used Paul and Silas, and we also know that God used Barnabas and Mark, that even the, the, the churches today on Cyprus, many of them stem from what, what Barnabas and Mark did in that journey. It's not in the scriptures so much recorded, but historically. And so here we have this division. And I don't know the process of how all this happened. We're not told. But we know that in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul wrote to Timothy from prison and said, only Luke is with me right now, but please get Mark and bring him. Bring him with you, for he is useful to me for my ministry. And they were in such dispute. But somewhere along the line, Paul modeled what Jesus modeled to Peter. Paul modeled to to, uh, Mark what love does. There are times when people need to to sit on the sideline for a moment. There are times in church life where there needs to be some growing and there needs to be some maturity and there needs to be some moving forward in the kingdom before we release uh, certain kinds of ministry. I get all of that. But we also have to be willing to uh, watch what God does and open up our hearts and, and, and say, God, I choose to cover What Mark did on that first missionary journey was what Mark did on that first missionary journey. He's grown. He's come along in his relationship with the Lord. And I refuse to be cut off from him. Bring him with you. And and I want him to partner with me in what I'm doing right now. And that's powerful. That is awesome. The passage in Galatians chapter 6 that says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. That's a command. Because this is what love does. It covers. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Finally, This morning, in James chapter 5, we love the passage in James. talks about healing and anoint the sick with oil and Pentecostals get all fired up about that. But in verse 19, what James, the half-brother of Jesus, closes his his, uh, letter out with is powerful. And it says this. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know 
that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Cover. This is what love does. Love covers. And ask Alexander to come to the keyboard. And I believe that God wants to do something in some hearts right now. There's some people perhaps that you have cut off from your world that God wants to begin to restore relationship. And you're seeing it's not love that I continue to hold this person in contention. It's love that moves me to cover. It's not love that keeps them sidelined forever and ever and ever. Love covers. And I want that in my heart, God. I've not been very good at covering. Jesus, I see how you covered Peter. And I know how you covered me. And I want to be like that. I don't want to just say the words, well, I've forgiven them, but not feel it in my heart. I want love to be real inside of me. There might be others of you this morning that will say, you know what? I feel like I have been rejected because of my failure. And I see right now Jesus restored Peter and he's here this morning to restore me. To stretch out his canopy over me. And cover me. We had, we had an awesome time, the girls and I, camping. Haley came with us. And next time she comes to church, you can ask her about it. She did not love it so much. There was one journey we went on. It was pouring down rain and for, for several hours. It was about 53 degrees, 54. The wind was whipping. Felt colder than that. And what Haley had purchased as rain gear turned out to just be a windbreaker and in an instant was soaked through. And she's this little tiny thing, you know. And so we, we stopped earlier than we wanted to, really, because she was cold. And one thing we're good at, even in the rain, is starting fires. We know how to do it. And um, so we pulled up to this campsite and uh, started getting wood ready. And 
Alexandra went to her backpack, pulled out a canopy, pulled out a, a, a tarp. It wasn't incredibly big. But what we did right over the fire pit is we stretched that tarp out. It kept raining. But we had a place where she could sit. It wasn't too long until we had a fire blazing. In fact, I took a picture of me. I was soaking wet too, but um, I, I took a picture of me sticking my feet practically right in that fire because I was cold. You know what felt so good? To have a covering. To have a covering. And I believe that God would just stretch right now his covering over you. Those of you that carry shame, Jesus is not ashamed to call you friend. He's not afraid to come near to where you are. And right now, he's stretching out his covering over you. You've not been perfect. You know that. Jesus knows that. And this morning, he covers you. He comes to where you are. Can you feel his presence in this room right now? Can you sense his love for you? Despite everything. <laughs> He's here. He's here. You're here right now, Lord. And you're covering me. And it's so good, Jesus just be with you in this moment. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to even expose yourself. I'm not going to ask you to come down to this altar. In fact, this whole room right now is an altar. But if you are here and you want me to pray for you and, and, and you want me to just pray, Pastor, Give me the heart that Jesus has toward Peter. Help me be that way towards people that have wronged me. If that's you, just, just lift up your hand right now, and I'm going to pray for you. People all over this room have their hand raised up right now. This is an altar moment. Help me be that way. Lord, the Peters that have denied us three times... And have run away when we looked them in the eye. Lord, we just release them right now in Jesus' name. As you were hanging on that cross and you even looked at Roman soldiers and you said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. God, we want to be like that. I ask that you'd help us to love deeply. Even people that have wounded us and hurt us. And like Jesus in John chapter 21, 
He stretched that canopy out over Peter and he said, Peter, I have not rejected you. I've not taken back my promises to you. I've not, I've not rewritten the script for your life. The same prophetic words over your life that were true before you denied me. Peter, they're still true. God, I pray that you'd help us to look at people that way. I pray, God, that you would put that kind of love in my heart. God, people that had their hand raised up just a moment ago, I pray that you would just do that transformational work. Just do that transformational work. God, it's, it's, a, it's natural for us to respond with bitterness. It's natural for us to not trust. It's natural for us to draw away and look elsewhere. But we don't want to just be natural. Transform us into supernatural. That we will know the love of God in a deeper way. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray there's any in this room right now and you if you just want to lift your hand to the Lord that just you feel like you have been Peter and you have failed and you know it and you just want to lift up your hands right now not not as the one that was wronged but the one that at one point did the wronging and you are experiencing something in your heart right now a level of acceptance and restoration that you have not known in a long time and God is washing you and touching you right now. So you just lift your hand to the Lord and say, Jesus, thank you for restoring me. I don't deserve it. I want to just console myself with going back to the things that I've always done. I just want to console myself with fishing. I just want to console myself with my friends. But Jesus, you called me near to yourself and you looked me in the eye again. You've stretched the tent of your love over me. You've called me to your fire. You said, come and sit here a little while with me and be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. And take off those wet garments and clothe yourself in something dry. And be healed. Lord, there's shame right now that's lifting off of people. There's shame that is just disappearing into the sea of your love and the covering of your the name of the Lord is a strong tower. These righteous run to that covering.
they're saved. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. 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 I want to pray one more time. I know it's noon already. I really am shooting for 1130 for the most part. I didn't hit the mark today. But Lord, there is a whole slew of people in Lincoln, Illinois, and in Logan County that are not in church this morning because some, some form of hurt. They were not covered. They did not cover. And they're out there. And I pray, Jesus, that you would stretch your heart over them, freshen anew. I'm thinking of one lady in particular right now. And there are names and people and faces coming to people all over this sanctuary. And we pray that you, Lord, would cover them. We speak healing over the Christians that have isolated themselves in this community. And we pray, God, that they would feel safe to come back into the fold. They might have stuff to deal with, yes. They, they might have to repent and work through relationships and do all kinds of stuff. But I pray that through the whole process, they will feel the covering of your love. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Isn't he good? He is good. Praise God.